Wanasafiwi, Tunafarahi, Kuahapaleo. That means praise the Lord. We're happy to be with you here today. Hi, we're Tom and Sherry Cahill back with you, and we're super excited about today. We want to welcome you in Central Christian College, and uh, we are excited to be with you. We want to kind of continue what we were speaking of last week regarding the mission of God. And this week, I want to introduce you to a word. It's called glocal. Glocal is a word we use in missiology. It's also a word that is used in the business world. So some of you may have heard of it. And basically, it means the combination of local and global put together. And so today we want to talk about global connecting to God's mission. What's that mean? What's that all about? In reality, what is global outreach? I want to tell you a little bit about a young man. His name is Wazo. Wazo was a Muslim. He was also a shaman in the African traditional religion. He served in both and worshipped uh, through both religions. Wazo was a person who was an expert in his belief system in the spirits and the jinns, jinns referring specifically to uh, the Islamic religion and the spirits referring to the African traditional religion. Wazo says that he got sick at one time and through that sickness he became very ill and all his knowledge and all his powers and all his charms and chants uh, were not making him well. And one day he had a dream. He was dreaming he was swimming in water and he was drowning. And three men came to him and they saved him from drowning. And they took him back onto land and up to a platform where he could see people. And he was told by one of the men that he was saved for the purpose of talking about Jesus Christ. Now that's significant because for a Muslim, Jesus is a great prophet and a great teacher, but he's not the Christ. And so for the man to say you are to talk about and share about Jesus Christ was significant to Wazo. And when Wazo woke up after the dream was over, and there's more about the dream that I don't have time to go into, but he decided that it was Jesus. In fact, it was the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit that had met him in his dream and were speaking to him. And he decided to follow Jesus Christ, to be a disciple of Christ. And now Wazo is one of our students at Everett Bible College, studying to increase his knowledge and his understanding in his relationship with God. And we're excited to have Wazo with us and part of us at the school. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20 says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of this age. We have heard this passage many times in our lives. It's an important passage because Jesus is passing the baton, as we talked about last week. And he's calling his disciples to go forward into all nations and to share about Jesus and to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them in all areas of the knowledge of God. Operation World gives us some staggering statistics. They tell us that the numbers of non-believers, that's believers who know in Jesus Christ or know about Jesus Christ, has grown since the 1900s. 
it's gone from 1.06 to 1970 to 2.46 to 2004.14 and in 2018 just a few years ago 5.03 billion people who are alive today that do not know Christ and there's more today than any other time in history that's a staggering number and it's a number that we should be aware of and we should be concerned of. In our day to day, we think of technology and we think that many people would know Christ by now or at least have heard about Christ by now because of the technology that we have. In fact, I've been teaching global evangelism and developing the missional church for many years now for a Bible college here in the United States. I teach online and there isn't a session that goes by where there's at least not one student who's surprised at these numbers and surprised at how many unreached people groups there actually are, which we'll share in just a moment. The need's great. Operation World tells us that the population growth is about 1.2%. The growth in Buddhism is about 1.3%. In Hinduism, it's 1.2%. In Islam, it's 1.9%, and in Christianity, it's 1.2%. In fact, in America, out of those, the fastest growing religion here in America is actually Buddhism, um, which is an interesting statistic for us. So that for us as Christians, it should tell us that we have work to do. We need to understand what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and to know how to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to others. JoshuaProject.org gives us the following statistics. I just took this off their website just a few days ago. The total people groups in the world are about 17,442. The unreached people groups, these are people who do not have uh, a knowledge of Jesus Christ or have very little knowledge of Jesus Christ, is around 7,407. That's 42.5%. If we look at it another way in population, then the population in the world is around 7.75 billion. The total population of the unreached is 3.23 billion. That's 41.6%. Again, staggering numbers. And again, surprising numbers for those of us here in the States who are so used to uh, communication being wide open with all the technology that we have. Dr. Howard Carberson, who's a missiologist in his book, um, tells us that the understanding of missions in the Bible, the understanding of engaging the mission of God and God at work and us engaging with that work on sharing about who he is and what he's about. In the Old Testament, there's about 120 different times that that's talked about. In the New Testament, that's 80 times. So the reality here from a scriptural point of view is that the mission of God to share his word is very important. God has chosen you and me. He's chosen the church to be his hands and his feet, to share the love and the knowledge of Jesus Christ to help people understand and know what does it mean and what is it all about for them as well as for us as we can continue to grow day by day.
2 Timothy 2, 2 says this, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. This is an important passage. It's in a passage that just falls right in line with what we've been talking about. See, Paul is talking to Timothy, and he says, Timothy, I have entrusted you. I have taught you. I have trained you. I have shared with you. I have invested in your life. Now I want you to do the same thing with other people, to invest the gospel of Jesus Christ into their lives. And then for them to take that very knowledge and to invest it into others, to share it to others, and for them to continue to share to others. And it keeps going on and on and on. In fact, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for somebody investing in us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Which brings us to the understanding of teaching and learning. Do you realize that you and I, we teach and we learn every day? Most of us think, I'm not a teacher. That's not me. But yet we do. I would venture to guess that each one that's listening here could say they have at least one friend. I hope you have one friend. If not, you need to talk to somebody because people are out there that want to be your friends. And we have at least one friend. And we have one good friend. And that one good friend listens to us as we listen to them. And I'm willing to bet that you have learned something from that good friend, just as I have learned something from my good friends. And so whether we're doing it formally or informally, we are teaching, we are speaking into other people's lives. Hopefully we're doing that well, we're doing it good. We're not doing it in a poor way. And that's the goal of the gospel is for us to be good witnesses for Jesus Christ and to speak into other people's lives formally or informally, which is a teaching method. And in fact, in the Old Testament, teaching is mentioned 103 times. And in the New Testament, it's 122 times. That's very significant. And then learning, that's bringing information, allowing it to impact us and allowing it to change us and our thinking and the way we view the world and the way we view different things, especially in this relationship, scripture and God. In the Hebrews, it's 55 times. In the Greek, it's 43 times. You see, there's a lot about discipleship and outreach that go hand in hand with teaching and learning. It goes hand in hand with investing into other people. And that's what Sherry and I do. We invest through discipleship. We invest through formal education, through the Bible school, as well as informal education, informal discipleship in people's lives, one-on-one or in small groups or in seminars. God calls all of us to invest into people's lives. Not all of us are called to be pastors. Not all of us are called to be missionaries. Not all of us are called to work in a vocational ministry position. But all of us are disciples of Jesus Christ, if we say that we are followers of Jesus. And as such, we are to learn and grow deeper and stronger in our knowledge and understanding, which comes through, first and foremost, reading the Bible, studying the Bible, gauging others 
in conversation, through Bible study, small groups, seminars, whatever atmosphere that would enable you to grow and learn, reading books and other material. So we are to learn and we are to grow. And the Holy Spirit uses all of that to help us. But then we are also called to invest into others. You see, discipleship doesn't just begin once you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Discipleship begins at the moment we begin to share our faith with a non-believer for them. They begin to be a disciple as they listen to what you're saying. They may not accept the Christ, but they're learning about him. And we are the vessels that God has chosen to use, you and me. That's a special, special thing. It's scary, but it's special because he trusts us. He believes in us, and I believe in you. We want you to recognize that God calls all of us to something, whether it's as laypersons, whether it's as pastors locally, regionally, workers, or global workers, through missionary work, through NGOs, through whatever capacity. He uses all of us and uses all the giftings that he has given to us and our talents for his kingdom's sake, if we allow him to do so. Go and be global for his kingdom. Let us close in prayer. I'm going to ask Sherry to close us in prayer. Father, thank you for this time that we've been able to spend together today. Thank you for the vision that you've put before us. Lord, we know there are many unreached people all around the world. And Lord, we don't know exactly how you have planned to use each of us, but we know you would like to use each of us to glorify you and to reach those unpeopled groups and church groups around the world. Lord, we just pray for each person today that's listening in to this uh, discussion. And we just ask, Lord, that you would encourage them Give them wisdom, give them direction of how they can be a part of this ministry, of your ministry around the world and be global. So we praise you and we give you glory and honor for what you're doing, Lord, in each person's life, uh, not only today, but what you're going to do in the future. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go and connect with God's mission wherever it may be and be global. Mungu Aku Bariki.